Good morning, good good new week to you all, and welcome back to the Mr. Sitter podcast with me, Anthony Locascio, um, everybody's favorite comedian uh, who talks about football with uh, with no no basis, you know, with no uh, credibility whatsoever. Uh, we had two fun games last night, uh, and an inevitability has occurred throughout this podcast process. I have now watched 52 of the 64 games of this World Cup, all live, and um, yeah, the inevitable has occurred. I am sick. Ha! I went out on Saturday, and I drank, and I guess the sleep deprivation and uh, alcohol consumption combined to make my immune system kaput, and uh, yeah, I feel like shit, but I am not going to waver on the mission, and the mission is to provide you guys with my unique brand of updates about every single match. So, without any further ado, let's um, let's get into them. Uh, France-Poland was the first game. It finished 3-1 to France. I think that's exactly what I predicted from yesterday. I can't quite remember, but I, I, I knew that I predicted Poland to score, but I knew that France are going to score quite a few. I think I got, th- I think I got three three one, correct. Um, and that's because this is a very easy game to predict. It's not on me. I'm not the clairvoyant. Um, not mystic Lokash. I just watched all of France's games and all of Poland's games in the group stage, and this is this is quite abundantly obvious. Um, I actually don't see too many big upsets coming in the round of sixteen. I think it's going to be fairly straightforward. Uh, I do think that Japan are going to beat Croatia tonight, um, but personally, I don't really consider that an upset. Uh, a lot of pundits and and football people will, so let's 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 say that one somewhere in the middle. And I do think Morocco are very very capable of giving Spain a scare. Uh, those are the only two matches that I don't see going totally straightforward in this group uh, in this uh, round of sixteen set. And I felt that from the beginning too. Um, the other big teams aren't going to have issues against the smaller teams in a similar way that the four the four teams that we've already seen play didn't really have any issues. You know, we had we had we've had three three goal uh, leads in three of them, and uh, you know Argentina probably should have put more on Australia, um, but yeah. Uh, very easy, very easy to call this kind of stuff. Um, having said that, there were big moments for Poland in this game. There were moments of um, sustained possession for them. They played far more attacking uh, in patches than they did against Argentina, which, thank God, because I think Poland have been universally panned for their approach against Argentina, which ultimately saw them through to the round of 16. But, you know, at what cost? And it also kind of wasn't really through their own merit, but anyway, whatever. Poland Poland are gone, they're finished, so we don't have to pile on to them anymore. Um, they still predicated their tactics on holding France at bay, uh, but, you know, they, they didn't just counter-attack them. They actually held on to the ball and went at France for, for sustained periods of time. Um, I don't know how much credit to give them, though, because if you watch France they sort of just let him do it. Um, France yield possession to the opposition. Um, and they, you know, they've done that. They've done that here and there 
throughout the tournament. Um, against Australia, they honestly didn't even need to yield possession um, because Australia couldn't keep possession. But against Denmark and against Tunisia especially, they kind of just let them have the ball, and that's exactly what they did uh, with Poland. Um, but it's not to it's not to leave space in behind them to counterattack. It's almost to just take a breather. Um, France, it just yeah, they they play with a real arrogance. You know, they play with it like you know what we're gonna we're gonna take a rest here. We've attacked you for a little bit. Have the ball. We know you're not gonna do anything with it. Um, and it was fine because because they're not a counter attack team. You know, they they build all of their attacks through possession themselves, and then they the aim is always get the ball to Mbappe or if 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 Mbappe's uh, um, occupied, we'll get it to Dembele, who is basically uh, you know a, a cheap Mbappe on the right. Um, so they yield possession basically to have a rest and they knew that Poland weren't going to do anything with it. There was one opportunity for Poland where had Lloris not pulled out a pretty good save and I think there was a follow-up that was blocked by one of the defenders. Um, in one of these sustained periods of possession, Berezitsky got the better of Kunde. Um, Berezitsky's the left-back place with Sampdoria. He got the better of um, Kunde and put a cross in that went straight to Zielinski, uh, hit the shot at the goalkeeper. The second shot uh, was was blocked by one of the defenders, and then I think the, the other Polish guy hit it over the crossbar or something at that point. France, like, you know, they were given a scare, but let's remember they conceded an early goal to considerably inferior opposition in their first match of this tournament and then stormed back to win 4-1. So even if they concede, I don't think they care um, and there really just was a... I know it's a stereotype for the French, and I don't mean to harp on that, but there was just an arrogance. There was just a, yeah, we're going to be fine here, no problem, about the demeanor of every single one of their players. And they were proven to be correct, you know. They were proven to be right. Uh, moments after that chance for Poland, France went one up. Uh, a really delicious, subtle through ball from Mbappe into Giroud, finishes first time, um, and Giroud is now clear. He's clear. He was he was previously tied as France's all-time leading goal scorer, along with Thierry Henry, and now he is number one. He's the king. Olivier Giroud uh, put the respect that is required on that man's name. He's done very, very well. Uh, and it's almost like Mbappe went and celebrated with him, and the look in Mbappe's eyes when he went and gave him a hug was like, you enjoy this record for now. I'll be taking it soon. Uh, and it may be sooner rather than later because, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he, he came and he saw and he conquered, did Kylian Mbappe. I want to shout out Matty Cash um, before I talk about Mbappe because even though Mbappe did score two goals, I thought Matty Cash as right back did a really, really good job of shackling him for the most part. Um, he kept him in check basically the whole time. Um, there was a yeah, there was a moment where France actually did get a counter attack from one of those sustained periods of letting Poland have the ball, and Cash started sprinting as soon as he saw that that ball was being played to Mbappe, and he got there before him. And there were many many moments like that. So shout out to Matty Cash. Um, 
you know, you made the right decision playing for your mother's homeland, Poland. Good stuff, Matty Cash. Uh, but Mbappe did score two goals. Um, he, yeah, like, the first goal that he scored, I don't know why he was so unmarked completely by himself. So maybe maybe, maybe my praise of Matty Cash needs to be redacted. I don't know where Matty Cash was on this, but he was totally by himself on the left-hand side of the, uh, of the attack for France. He had all the time in the world to just stop and then smash it into the top left-hand corner. And then no no more than 10 minutes later, he found himself in a similar position, but with about four of the Poland defenders around him. And he instead, with about zero backlift, fired the ball, curling shot into the top right-hand corner this time. Both of these finishes were angry and powerful and decisive and ruthless you know um and i had predicted that Kylian mbappe was going to be player of the tournament before this uh he may well walk away with the golden boot as well um and if they can get past england i think england will be a big challenge for them and if they can get past england i see it uh, very difficult to stop this um this france team i don't think any of the other big teams can stop them i think england can stop them but i don't think that I don't think that any other team other than Brazil or England can stop them, personally. Um, Chesney was really good again, but he was let down because his team isn't very good. Uh, this Kibior fella, the place of Spezia, is very, very highly rated, linked to all of the big teams in Italy. He has not really impressed me that much in this tournament. Uh, so I hope he doesn't come to Juve. You can go to Milan. No worries. See you later, bro. He misplaced so many passes straight into uh, the France midfield. Um, who were who were great, you know. Um, Rabio and Tromeni were just so energetic at both winning the ball back and creating play. Um, they're they're great. And Griezmann as the as the attacking midfielder, it's almost like every single touch that he took was dangerous. Um, and I've never really liked Griezmann. I don't like how he has never really occupied a fixed position that my feeble mind can understand on the pitch. Nonetheless, he was exceptional um, against Poland, um, and you can understand why he's kind of the hub that everything in this team goes through. It's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Kivior, not so good. And next to Kamil Glick, who has been Poland's best defender over the last decade, but that guy looks so washed, man. He... He's got like a gut and like bad posture. He looks like he looks like a legend coming back to play in a charity game, except he's not. You know, he's he's he plays for Benevento, I think, under Fabio Cannavaro in in Serie B, and he's like the starting main guy in defense for Poland. So Szczesny is super duper let down by his team, um, and yeah, uh, Kunde was not impressive at right back for me. Very typical of Deschamps playing a centre-back at right back. Koundé, I understand, has got good feet. Uh, he's now replaced Pavard as that guy. Took a early pot shot, uh, which had his like necklace come out, and I thought, you're not allowed to play with a necklace, bro, uh, unless they've changed the rules. Uh, but eventually the referee did notice that he had the necklace and made him take the necklace off. You're not allowed to play with a necklace, guys. Uh, I learned this when I did a refereeing course in year seven. Uh, you're not allowed to wear any jewelry. What, uh, here's here's a here's a fun little story for you Monday mornings uh, about why jewelry has been banned. Um, a guy was wearing a bracelet 
I can't remember exactly where it was, uh, in what league. It wasn't it wasn't like a big game or anything, but this this is why they changed the rules in the early 2000s. He was wearing a bracelet and he scored and he went up to smack the crossbar and he and he smacked the crossbar and the the bracelet got stuck in the net and as he came down the weight of his um the the, the weight of his weight uh and the density of the um bracelet led to all of the skin on his hand being ripped off as he came down so uh you're not allowed to wear jewelry jewel kunde take it off bro and he did um, what else? What else is interesting from this match? Lewandowski. Lewandowski almost scored before he did score without realizing. There was a point where Cross came in and Hugo Lloris grabbed it. And then as he was coming down from his jump, the ball sort of bopped Lewandowski on the head and he lost it. And it went back towards the goal, but thankfully, Lloris, or thankfully for France, I couldn't give a fuck. Lloris uh, jumped on the ball, smothered it, and it was okay. Um, and then a few minutes later, France, uh, Poland won a penalty because there was a handball in the build up to a corner. Uh, Lewandowski missed the first penalty, but it had to be retaken. He changed the ball, and then he scored, and he like smiled, and I thought, that's not a good look. Yeah, you know, you're happy. You scored a you scored a penalty. He scored a scrappy goal. He's got two goals in the World Cup. He's got a miss. He's got two, technically one on record, but two missed penalties in the World Cup. It'll probably be his last World Cup. He's never done anything in an international competition for Poland. Um, yeah, really disappointing for Lewandowski. Uh, but supporting cast just not good enough apparently. Even though they've got some quite good players. Uh, and so Poland pack their bags and they go home and France march on to a meeting against England, the colonial derby, uh, the, uh, the historical rivalry resurfaces on the football pitch. Um, and the next game this morning made me not change my mind, uh, per se, but it, it illuminated certain things to me about this upcoming match that, uh... Yeah, I, I don't think that I had quite clued into yet. It was, of course, 3-0. This is one that I know I got 100% correct. I, I can specifically remember saying on yesterday's podcast, 3-0 to England, uh, and, and so it was. Um, England were efficient, they were effective, they were really good, and in stark contrast to France, they treated Senegal with so much respect. Um, enough respect to score three goals against them and not off the back of we've just got this one player who's phenomenal who'll just go, hey, I'm going to score now. Bang, you know? Uh, Senegal did really well for most of the first half and they were putting it on them. Um, but uh, the goals did come on the break. All of them came on a sort of blistering, uh, fast-paced attack. Um, and England had a lot of urgency behind their attacks which shows you how serious they are about themselves, shows you how seriously they were taking Senegal. It shows you um, how seriously they're going for this World Cup. Some of the little passages of play, some of the interplay between their attackers is really, really good, really natural um, and really incisive. And Senegal are a good team. So I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I think Gareth Southgate might be uh, sometimes he's overrated sometimes he's underrated um, I think his clear deficiency is always in in-game management 
but the man has the ability to come into a game with a game plan that is very often effective. Um, the the game they had against USA where they basically were just happy to just take the draw, um, that was all by design, and he's become quite an efficient tournament manager to the point where he understands that having a breather in that game will allow England to have the right kind of energy to quite easily blow away a Senegal in the round of 16. Um, so they'll be thrilled that they got through this without having to go to extra time. Um, the midfield battle was won from the beginning. Without Idrissa Gay, I don't think Senegal had much of a chance, but Henderson was really good. Um, you know, Henderson, who's apparently uh, over the hill, he, he was really good, scored the opening goal. That's like his third ever England goal, and he's played, I think, over 100 games for them. Um, you remember he scored his very first England goal in that semi-final against Denmark in the Euros. Um, scored a great goal, set up by Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham was, again, phenomenal. This guy is so good. He marched through the midfield. He took the ball every time and just basically penetrated right through the heart of Senegal. Each time he had a very important part to play in every single goal, whether he got the direct assist or not. Um, and yeah, he's super. He's already as a, as a teenager, super duper important to this England team. Kane, Foden, Saka, uh, another two. I can't. I can't say for certain that Foden and Saka are still teenagers. I think Saka might be twenty. But either way, ridiculously young players who are all just super duper talented. And then Harry Kane, excellent leadership, scored a powerful, brilliant goal uh, to make it two nil. England go into the halftime interval 2-0 up, and from there, I don't think Senegal mentally recovered. Uh, at around 57 minutes, Saka scores his goal. Brilliant assist from Phil Foden. Very difficult finish, but applied with aplomb by Saka, and England saw it out. Um, three clean sheets in a row for England, uh, having conceded two goals to Iran after putting six on them. Uh, 13 goals scored in four games in this World Cup. That's really good. That's really good. Um, and England have not... England have not limped through this tournament the way I was anticipating that they would under Southgate. England have been really, really good. France will not be scared of them, but they should be. Uh, and if France underestimate this England team or if they don't treat them with the amount of respect that they should, if they treat them with the amount of respect that they treated Poland, for example, France will be going home. You know, there's, there's this big, there's this big uh, kind of theory going around England and going around the media that you know, they need Kyle Walker desperately to play against France because he's the only one with the pace to keep up with, um, to keep up with Mbappe, and that may well be true. But it's not going to be so much about England containing Mbappe. It's going to be way more about uh, what England can do to France. And I don't think that this France defense, especially with Hugo Lloris in goals, uh, Kunde at right back, uh, Teo is a brilliant, brilliant left back, but uh, defensively, I won't say defensively suspect, but the defensive side of the game is not his forte. Uh, and Upamecano seems to be the go-to partner for Deschamps against um, uh, next to Varane, even though I thought Konate was much better in, in Varane's absence. Uh, and again, both of those players have their deficiencies. 
this England team can very, very much get at France. I think it might be a high-scoring affair. And I think that England have every chance of knocking out France. I think England are the ones that can do it. I don't buy, I don't back, I don't back Spain to do it. I don't back a, uh, Portugal. I don't back, um, you know, Croatia, Japan, any of those teams. I, I see Netherlands, Argentina. I don't see any of them being able to beat Spain, uh, be able to beat France. I can only see Brazil and England being able to knock this France team out of this World Cup. Um, neither team has played against the top, top opposition, but that's kind of the nature of these tournaments, right? You only ever get one group where it's got a Spain and a Germany in it. And whether you can consider Germany a top, top team these days depends on your mileage. Um, so I don't think any, I don't think any team can claim to have played a top, top team. A lot of them can claim to have played against really good teams. France haven't played against a really good team. Uh, England played against a pretty good USA team, and England played against what what eventuated to be a good Iran team, but they were not good against England, uh, and then a shit Wales. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how much that comes into play. Because, for example, the Netherlands, the Netherlands have played much much difficult, much much more difficult opposition than Argentina, uh, and I think a lot of people have written the Netherlands off. But I am almost. I'm almost ready to say that the Netherlands are going to beat Argentina. Uh, so it's super exciting that we've got two more nights worth of the round of 16 before it gets to the real nitty-gritty heavyweight smash each other in the face clashes. Um, I'm super-duper looking forward to tonight's games. But before we get to that, um, yeah, France versus England is on this Sunday. Uh, if you're in Australia, it's at 6 a.m., which is weird because that makes it the final match of the quarterfinals. And given that they played before four of the teams in the um, in the round of 16, I don't see how that's fair. I don't see how France and England get that advantage of a few extra days rest. Um, it may work out against them because, um, you know, rustiness might, might sink in, uh, complacency, uh, nerves, whole bunch of shit. But I do know that the turnover, because there's a couple of days break um, for everyone. The turnover between the matches uh, that are tonight and the next night and their quarterfinals uh, is a lot shorter than than France and England. So if anybody knows why that is the case, shoot me a, shoot me a DM. Uh, tonight, 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 uh, the game that I've been looking forward to the most, uh, as you guys know, Japan, my team. Uh, Japan are the team that I am loving the most, uh, and especially now that Australia are out, they're the team that I am most emotionally connected to. Uh, they play against Croatia. They're going to beat Croatia. Yep, I will be. I will be bitterly disappointed if they don't. But I back them to defeat Croatia. Um, the only team that they have failed to defeat so far is the Costa Rica team that has sat deep, that has cut and ushered them into oblivion, and that has basically played with um, you know two banks of midfield and defense in the fucking penalty box, and have counterattacked them. That is not what Croatia are going to do. Croatia are going to maintain possession in the middle of the park with their exceptional midfield of Brozovic, Kovacic, and Luka Modric. And Japan are going to do what they have done to the other big European opposition in this tournament. They are going to take the ball off them and they are going to out-energy them. And if it fails, then they're going to bring on another squadron of young, youthful, athletic, energetic, skillful, quick players who are going to do the damage to them. This is going to be a monster game. I can't wait to see it. 
and my money is on Japan. I'm gonna say two nil to Japan. That's my that's my that's my result. Uh, unfortunately, the other Asian team uh, are not gonna be so successful because it is Brazil South Korea in the next game. Um, South Korea, I thought were done for, and they beat Portugal. They beat a Portugal team that had nothing to play for. Uh, in order to qualify. I think Portugal were upset that they lost, but they again, they had nothing to play for. This Brazil team very much does not have nothing to play for. This Brazil team has uh, the fact that they are the favorites and that they have yet to show their real selves. Um, they have that to play for. They have the, f- the fact that their all-time greatest World Cup legend uh, is, is... He is slowly, but he is very steadily dying they have that to play for uh they have the fact that neymar and to a lesser extent in terms of importance depending on what you deem to be important uh danilo are both back for brazil i'm not sure if they're going to start but both of them are back so you'd assume that both of them will play um and i don't think korea have anywhere near the quality in attack or defense to hold them out uh so i can see a very clear 4-0 4-0 statement victory for Brazil. Uh, and that's it. That's that's today's episode. Cheers for being with me uh, and please wish me a speedy recovery so that I can be a little bit more animated and I can uh, actually successfully get through watching the remaining 12, 12 matches. I'm going to be so sad when this World Cup ends, guys. My purpose is going to just completely diminish and um, and I'm gonna have to go back to to the life that I knew before, which I don't want to see anymore. Uh, I have still been doing stand-up comedy, by the way, during this period. I, I had quite a few gigs last week, and I have one this Friday. Uh, myself and Tom Whitcomb, good friend of mine, very good comedian. We are doing a, a split show where we're going to be doing uh, new material from our shows that we're going to take uh, around the country next year. Um, we're going to be sampling some new material. So if you're uh, if you're keen for a little break from the World Cup, it's a ticket to 10 bucks, and it's this Friday at Kinsella's in Darlinghurst at 7 p.m. Love to see you there. Uh, enjoy the football tonight. Enjoy the great games that we'll have uh, every single night. Uh, sleep well, raise your daughters, be cool, and uh, pray for my health. Thanks, guys. <laughs>